On Shabbos, we read about the first crowdfunding campaign in Jewish history. Moshe Rabbeinu proclaimed to anyone whose heart inspires him should donate various items to the Mishkan. And the Pasik says, these are the materials needed to furnish the Mishkan. Zav v'chesev unachoshes, gold, silver and copper, uscheles v'agaman, wool and linen. Next on the list, avnei shoyham v'avnei meluam, precious stones for the ephod and for the choshen. And the question is, the list is not consistent. It starts out in descending order of value. Gold, silver, copper, wool, linen. But then it jumps back to the Avnei Shoyam. Avnei Shoyam is monetarily the most valuable. It should be first on the list, not last. So I'd like to share with you a powerful idea from the Arachayim HaKadosh. He says, So who donated these stones? The Pasik says, It was the Nesim that brought them to the Mishkan. So how did they donate it? Sarashi so cites a famous Chazal that when it came time to donate to the Mishkan, the Nesiyah made a very interesting proposal. They told Moshe Rabbeinu, let all of Kal Yisrael bring their contributions first and then we'll see what is missing and we'll make up the deficit. And Rashi says this offer was considered ungracious and disrespectful. And as a result, the word Nesiyah is spelled defective without the letter Yud as a punishment for their lack of enthusiasm to participate in the mitzvah of donating to the Mishkan. But let me ask you a question. If you're a fundraiser for an organization and a wealthy person makes you an offer, he tells you, set up a GoFundMe page and raise as much money as you can and I'll cover the rest of the funds to fulfill your goal. Undoubtedly, you would be thrilled with such an offer. You would certainly jump at the opportunity to have someone guarantee any shortfall that remained after the campaign is concluded. Yet, the Torah was upset at the attitude of the Nesim. So what was wrong with their offer? Says the Arachayim, because the Nesim were reactive rather than proactive. When you are filled with a desire and a yearning to contribute to the Mishkan, you don't wait to see what everyone else is donating. You are the first with your donation. I would equate this episode not with a wealthy person and a fundraiser, but rather to a chasn and a kala. Can you imagine, after a couple gets engaged, and after the party, the chasn approaches the kala, and he tells her, I'm not buying you yet any gifts. Let's see what gifts everyone else is going to send you, and what's lacking, I'll fill in. That's a terrible attitude, because when you're consumed with ahava, when you're filled with love and affection, you just can't hold yourself back from giving. You don't care what everyone else is giving. You are the one that wants to give. You want to give first, says the Arachayim. Fiscally, it may have been a great idea, but the concept and the attitude was flawed. Did they think that the Mishka might not be built without them coming to the rescue? That was terrible thinking. Harbor Shluchim Lamakam. Hashem has many agents. God did not need their help to build the Mishkan. So even though it was a very expensive gift, it lacked in generosity and sincerity because it displayed a deficiency in their enthusiasm of their Havas Hashem. So therefore, the Avnei Shoyam gets relegated to last on the list. Furthermore, says the Arachayim, do you know why the Avnei Shoyam is listed last? How did the Nesim acquire those precious stones? And he quotes an amazing medrash that says that when the Nesim's portion of the man fell from heaven, inside their package, it contained the Avnei Shoyam and Avnei Meluam. So the people that donated gold and silver and copper and wool, where did they get it from? From Mitzrayim. They earned it from all those years of hard work and effort and adversity. They were donating the results of their struggle and hard work. 
as opposed to the Nesim, even though it was a very precious gift, it was much more valuable than wool and linen and even gold, but it lacked the effort and the Messias Nefesh. Says the Arachayim, this teaches us a life lesson. Hashem values and cherishes what we work for and our struggles much more than what we achieve without effort. This is why the jewels, even though monetarily it was the most valuable, but in the eyes of Hashem was considered the least valuable. The Mishnah says in Aves, Lafum Tzara Agra. In Judaism, it's the effort and struggle that matters, not achievement. Hashem rewards your toil, your struggle, your amelis. Results, anyways, rests in the hands of Hashem. A person can thus succeed by winning a moral struggle, even if there are no tangible results. Because effort is difficult to quantify, so in our materialistic world, we tend to disregard its value. Reb Noich Weinberg Zatzal once said a beautiful parable. You are watching two people compete in the 100 meter dash. One runs a world record time of 8.9 seconds. The other crosses the finish line in 45 seconds. So who attained success? The record breaker, of course. Except that the one who clocked 45 seconds developed polio as a child and was unable to walk until she was 14 years old and had invested years of painful and grueling exercises until she was finally able to start running. So who truly attained success? We can never judge success because we never know what circumstances people have to deal with. Unfortunately, this message is somewhat lost on today's parents and teachers. We reward and heap accolades on the high achievers and ignore the children that produce average or mediocre grades, despite the fact that they've put forth far greater effort. And as a result, they forget the basic principle that it is the very struggle that is precious in the eyes of Hashem. And that should be our vision of success as well. And now, we know. Have a wonderful day.